0: Some things that I don't understand, some things I can't come to grip with. Sometimes I just look out in the world and think, Why? Why me, God? Why this situation? Why them, Lord? Why this tribulation? luck for a while I mean I don't even have an ace in the deck just empty hands with no patience that's left I'm lost in the desert no oasis I guess I'm hung out to dry lips chapped feet hurt in this weather I thirst and I march on hoping to find an answer just an inkling of faith in this world full of cancer would be a refreshing drip of water on the tip of my tongue the fresh cool breeze of Jehovah's Lungs is exactly what I need but that feels so far away I mean God are you really with me? do you really care? when I cry in distress are you really there? your word says yes but sometimes I doubt it but clearly my own path needs rerouting cause every time I walk my own way I get lost. And even though I'm lost in the desert, I now realize He created it. He knows where the water is. He made the sun. His creation is marvelous, and He is in control even when I fail. He is faithful even when I fall. He is what I need even when I doubt. He is fresh water in the midst of the drought is God and He is King. He is Lord and gives life to all things. He gives and takes away and sometimes I just need to trust that He knows exactly what Raines.
1: Good morning, everybody. We're so excited that you have decided to join us today online or whenever you're watching this video. My name is Joanna, and I just want to give you a quick few announcements in case you need to follow along with our church and you're not sure what all we're doing. Today at 1 o'clock, we actually have our very first Sunday school lesson that's going to be posted online online right here on our youtube channel so come back at one o'clock and watch that with all of the kids and if you miss it of course you can watch it sometime later throughout the day or throughout the week this last week i myself recorded a video on tuesday evening also right here on our youtube channel And it is about a very important ministry that is taking place in our church right now, how we are reaching out beyond our walls and reaching out to our community. So if you didn't yet get a chance to watch that, we encourage you to do so. Farah also posted a video on Thursday night, a follow-up to Sunday morning's message. And so if you didn't, check out those videos or follow along with the devotional material Uh, please do so before this coming week because we're going to be posting more of those again. So really good stuff. We just want to uh, stay in touch with all of you the best that we can during this time. Obviously challenging. We miss your faces. We can't see you in person, but thankfully we have technology to help us. Also, if you are looking to give your tithes and offerings, you can still continue to do that. You can send them... Uh, via the website. There's a button on there. You can send them through e-transfer. You can come and stop by the office between 12 and 4 throughout the week, or you can also send them by mail. So we hope that uh, you're doing good. We hope that you guys are keeping safe. And before we go into today's message, we're going to be hearing from Pastor Bruce very soon. We do want to talk about the horrible tragic events that took place just about a week ago now, right here in our very own province. It's really hard for us to, myself, to begin to imagine what people are going through, the grief that so many people are feeling. Um, We've lost 22 people in just these horrible events that took place. And over the next few moments, I'm going to play a song and We just want to remember all of the victims and all of their families during this time. I'm going to come back on and pray. But as we play this video, the the song is called The Blessing. I just really encourage you, church, from your own homes to sing this song and pray these words and speak them out prophetically over your kids, over your families, over our province during this time, and even over our nation. Uh, The whole province is grieving together over these events that have taken place. And the words of this song, they say, The Lord bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. May his favor be upon you and a thousand generations, and your family and your children, and their children, and their children. And we just need to speak life and peace over our province during this time, over these families, and over our nation. So listen to this song, and then we'll come back together and pray. Lord
2: bless you and keep you. Make his face shine upon you. Be gracious to you, the Lord turns His face toward you. And
3: Children and their children may his favor be upon you, and the thousand generations, and your family and your children.
1: Thank you so much for who you are. God, we pray today for all of the families of the victims in these tragic events. God, we can't even begin to imagine the grief that they're going through, but you do. And we just pray that during this time, the families, the friends, God, we pray that they would all feel you so close during this time. I know when horrible things happen like this and we, we have so many questions, so many unanswered questions, and we might never know all of the answers, but God, it's so easy to push you away during times like this and ask why, God, why would this happen? But God, I just pray that there would be a supernatural peace that would just wrap uh, your arms around each of the the families, and the friends of these people. Wrap your arms around our whole province as we're all grieving together and help us turn toward you and push into you, not push you away. God, we pray for the RCMP. God, we thank you so much for them. God, for them being on the front lines, for them running into danger and not from danger. God, we thank you for our police force and all that they're doing, and we pray that you would be with them during this time. Give them strength them wisdom. We pray for all of the leaders in our province and in our nation as we are still going through this pandemic. God, we pray for wisdom for all of our leaders, for our Prime Minister. God, we pray for those who are also suffering right now um, because of COVID-19 symptoms. God, we pray that you would breathe strength and life into their bodies. We pray for those who are most vulnerable, those who are in nursing homes. God, would you protect them and be with them? And for all of those who are on the front lines working in health care, God, would you protect them as well? God, we just pray the blood of Jesus to cover them from head to toe. God, we pray that you would be with them. In Jesus' name, amen.
4: On Friday mornings, I'm involved with a, an international prayer room by Zoom. Uh, prayer meeting by Zoom, and it includes people from all around the world. There's about 100 of us on Zoom itself and then several other 100 that are watching through Facebook and other social media connections. On Friday morning, uh, people from all around the world, uh, in my hearing, were praying for Nova Scotia and expressing their deep concern and support uh, for all of us here. And so it's wonderful to know that there are people everywhere that are looking in our direction today, uh, praying, expressing best wishes, and uh, it's that's just my limited experience and it's so much more than that, as, as I'm sure you're aware. Well, last week we talked about a very important question that Habakkuk, an Old Testament prophet, asked concerning... God, and why it seemed like God was not interested in the trouble that he and his nation, Judah, were experiencing. There was a marauding army that was enclosing in on them. It was uh, an army of the Chaldeans who had actually taken over the whole um, part of the world known as Babylon and the city of Babylon. And now this, this uh, these neo-Babylonians, if you will, were coming and just threatening the very life of Judah. And the prophet was crying out, oh, God, why, will you come and save us? But it seemed like nothing was happening. And so this was his complaint, or at least part of it. He said, how long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? And then he said, or cry out to you violence, but you do not save why do you make me look at injustice why do you tolerate wrongdoing so here is the are the questions how long lord do i have to wait for you to answer and why do you do, why don't you do this and why do you make me look at this and and why why and how long and so it just was pouring out of his heart and and there were real issues his life and the life of his people were at stake well we know that throughout our lives No matter who we are, we have unanswered questions about why things happen the way they do. Why does it seem that evil triumphs, an atrocity can take place that's unimaginable? And it's like almost as if God didn't care or he didn't intervene, he didn't do anything to stop it. Those questions can be uppermost in our minds, or maybe some people just kind of just quit asking those questions, questions, and it's just like they've sort of given up on God. But God answers Habakkuk, and the rest of the story of Habakkuk is not about why God and how long God and and, and why do I have to wait. It's not so much about that, but a s- discovery that he makes that startled him on one hand but on the other hand gave him the greatest assurance and i pray that as we go through this these bible texts this morning that you will discover what habakkuk discovered god answers habakkuk in chapter 1 verse 5 with good news he says look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for i am going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if it were told well what a what a wonderful thing to hear after the the long wait with its with silence or what seemed to be silence and God's non-intervention he gets this word from God i'm going to do something that is going to be so amazing that if it were even told you you wouldn't it would be hard for you to believe it and so no doubt there was excitement in habakkuk's heart and mind and and wow god's coming through But then he says in the next verse, I am raising up the Babylonians, that ruthless and impetuous people who sweep across the whole earth to seize dwellings, not their own. And and, and I could just imagine Habakkuk, God, what did you just say? You said you're raising up the very people that are threatening us, that want to destroy us. You're raising them up. You're going to bless them. Are Are you supporting evil, the perpetration of violence and the most hor- horrific injustice? Is that? Did I hear you correctly? <laughs> and uh, God goes on to answer. He says, um, "Well, yeah, you heard me correctly." Uh, I'm hearing what you're saying. And let me just tell you a little bit about what I know about these people. They are a feared and dreaded people. They are a law unto themselves. That's in verse 7. He's saying these people have no respect for law and order. They have no respect for God, for me. They just are a law unto themselves. And people like that can say that good is evil, And evil is good. That's what Adolf Hitler did in Nazi Germany, and a whole nation believed him. What seemed to be evil was actually good, and what was really good was actually evil. And so our minds can be twisted by people that are a law to themselves. It it says also in that same verse, they promote their own honor. They care nothing about God or others. And and he talks about their armies. In verse uh, eight, he says their horses are swifter than leopards. Well, that is a hyperbolic statement. Actually, they they weren't faster than leopards, but it would have seemed so. Whenever you were a victim of the, these armies coming with their chariots and horses, and just coming of coming upon you, and it was it just would have seemed like a. a leopards. They're, they were so so fast in, in their onslaught. And it also says they were fiercer than wolves at dusk. Well, that's the time that wolves are the fiercest, because it's the time they look for prey. They look for food. And so he says their, calvary, their cavalry gallops headlong. Their horsemen come from afar. So, So it's not that they're just Moving along, they're galloping. its I think of the Blitzkrieg back in World War II and how quickly the Nazi forces just invaded Europe. It's that kind of sentiment he, that he's expressing. And this is God saying this about the Babylonians. This isn't Habakkuk. And he says, they fly like an eagle swooping to devour. They all come intent on violence. And so the picture of an eagle like swooping down from the sky on an unsuspecting little mouse or other kind of rodent or some sort of animal that they're going to just pick up and, and, uh, and devour. He says or are like that. They just swoop in. And he says, uh, their hordes advance like a desert wind. So you get, I've never been in a, a windstorm in a desert. I've seen pictures of them and how you just, everybody runs for cover. You just can't see. And he says their, their hordes, when they come, when their army comes, it's like that. It, it, they just obliterate everything else from view. And they gather prisoners like sand. So like each grain of sand that's been caught up in the whirlwind of the desert wind, the desert storm, uh, is a person. It's that, it's, it's that many people. It's a, it's, they're trying to paint a picture of just how ruthless and deadly and how far-reaching their violence is. He says they mock kings and they scoff at ruler, uh, rulers. They laugh at all fortified cities. They come up upon the best defenses that other armies and nations can provide for themselves, and they just totally destroy them. Then they sweep past like the wind and go on. Guilty people whose own strength is their God. So it's like they plunder one nation and they just move on to the next nation. And God is saying to them, these are the people I'm going to raise up. He's saying that to Habakkuk. And and they don't serve me. They don't serve the true and living God. Uh, they, their own strength is their God. So they have they're very humanistic, if you will, in their viewpoint. They see themselves as being the authors of their own destiny, that God has really nothing to do with it. And and Habakkuk is astounded. So so God, you're aware of you're aware of all of this, and yet you're raising them up. And, and he replies in verse 12 this is what Habakkuk says, Lord, are you not from everlasting? So, it starts off a question to God. And this time is not how long to, uh, I have to wait for you to answer. It's like, God, do you remember who you are? <laughs> it's quite an interesting comment. Uh, God, don't you know that you are from everlasting? There's no one like you. You don't need to use some evil nation to bring about your purposes. Don't you know that you have the authority? You're God, after all. My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You're eternal. Nobody kill you. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish. So there's an awareness now that Habakkuk is realizing that uh, God is really concerned about, and that is that the nation of Judah had themselves committed all kinds of sin and evil. They had forsaken God. They had established all sorts of compromises, both when it came to their worship, when it came to their morals, when it came to just about everything, the brutal way in which they treated each other, where men treated women, and, and just they weren't a whole lot better than the Babylonians. But Habakkuk says, God, and as he goes on, why are you using a a, a nation more evil than we are, to correct us, to bring about judgment, to show your displeasure toward us. So I won't go into the rest of the the verses where he discusses this with God, but that's what he does. And he's dumbfounded that God would do this. Well, he comes to a place where he realizes, okay, God is, he's got a purpose in using these Babylonians. I don't understand it. It's unclear to me. I just don't get it. I don't get it why God allows evil, why there if, why He doesn't intervene, why He doesn't stop the things that happen, that are so wrong and unfair in our world. Uh, he, he, He didn't have that figured out, but He does have a reply that is so interesting, and I pray that you'll listen really close closely to this. He said, "I will stand at my watch." and station myself on the ramparts. So what he's saying is, I haven't got it figured out, but I'm not going to give up on God. I've got all kinds of questions that are still unanswered, but I'm going to go on the highest point of the wall of the city, the tower where watchmen watch, the top of the ramparts, and I'm going to look. I'm going to look out. I'm going to position myself above the people below, the realities below, and I'm going to go in a place where I can have a greater view of things. Now, that would have been, uh, for one thing, the reason why a person would go up there would be to watch for an invading army so that they could warn the people below and the soldiers below to, to be ready for the onslaught. But there's more than that here. He's not just watching for an invading army. He's watching... To see what God will do. And here's what he says I will look to see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So I will look, I will wait to see. I, I've got to figure out some things and then I will answer, I will respond to God again. And when he does, it's a powerful response that it just is so electrifying and is so vitally important for us today. So here's God's reply to him as he's on the top of the ramparts, as he is in the highest part of the of the rampart on the tower that has been prepared for a lookout. And he says this. The Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. Wow, what a statement from God. Habakkuk, you're not going to figure out everything right now. I'm going to share with you something that's vitally important. I am in control. I am concerned about the affairs of the world. I do do love people. I'm not some distant person, some distant God that is not involved. But I have a message that applies to an appointed time in the future. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. So, okay, this is is where I have to let go, Habakkuk reasoned. I have to let go, and I have to let God take control of my mind and my heart and my efforts to figure things out because I see things in a very limited part of time and space. I don't see the whole picture as God does. And Wow, that can be so reassuring. God says to us, I've promised you this, I've promised you that, Don't give up on the promise of God. That's the message that Habakkuk is conveying, or that God was conveying through Habakkuk. Whatever your request to God is, he hears it, and he has not forgotten it, and he will, in time, answer it. Well, uh, it lingers, baby but wait for it. Don't lose patience. Don't give up, because it will come without delay. We are living in a time when we're far ahead of the revelation that Habakkuk and the Old Testament prophets had. They they foretold the coming of Jesus, but as the living church Today, Jesus has come and he's imparted his spirit into the lives of all of us who believe. We look back to the cross and to the sacrifice that Jesus made, where all that the Old Testament prophets could do is look ahead to what God would do and take the messianic uh, prophecies and, and look forward to the day when Messiah would come, when the deliverer of Israel would come and set his people free. And in the revelation of his coming, it becomes, it, it, we become aware of the fact that it's not just for Israel, but it's for the whole world. It's for the entire earth so that there's not one nation under heaven. There's not one people group. There is no distinction between Jew and Gentile, man or woman, the Bible tells us, or economic status. God doesn't see those things. He loves and cares for us, and the promise that he gave was fulfilled when Jesus came, died, and rose again. Well, but of course there's more. What about time? What about now? What about the future? What, what's going to take place? There's still violence. There's still evil. There's still marauding armies. There's still injustice. There's still plunder. So if they cross and the resurrection of Jesus is the answer, why, why do these things still happen? Well, um, here's what Habakkuk says. He makes a decree after listening to what God had promised. He makes this decree. See, the enemy is puffed up; his desires are not upright. So he says, when you look at what how the world lives and the evil and all of those those things, the violence, they are exalted in their own minds. They have puffed themselves up with pride, and uh, they desire things that are not pure and holy and right and what God has ordained. But then he says this, and this is the heart of the message of the book of Habakkuk. The righteous person will live by his faith, or faithfulness, as it's translated in some scriptures. Faithfulness being the ultimate product of faith. And so it's like the just is going to live by being faithful to the promises that God has given. He's going to live by his faith, and by doing so, he is a righteous person. So, Habakkuk is saying, the world falls apart around me. I don't understand everything, but I do know this. God is eternal. His decrees are immutable. I will trust him. I will put my faith in him unequivocally. And I know that he will come through. Well, there are three passages in the New Testament that quote this very text that I read, just read. And they're quoting it directly from Habakkuk's writing, and uh, with these three scriptures I, I will close. The first one is Romans chapter one verse seventeen, where Paul writes, "For the gospel, for in the gospel the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from the first to the last, just as, as it is written, the ju- the righteous." or the just, will live by faith. So here Paul, in, in writing to the Romans, is quoting Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, and he's saying that the righteous will live by faith. So what he's saying is, what his focus is on, is how you're justified, how you are made righteous. This is not about keeping laws and performing certain re- religious rites or whatever. It's a gift that is given to you. That's the whole essence of the gospel. That's the whole essence of what he's trying to say to the people of Rome. He's saying righteousness comes to you by faith. The just shall live by faith. And so you receive righteousness as a gift, and you do it because you believe God and you believe in Jesus. Then in Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, he says, Clearly no one, relies on the, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. So he's quoting Habakkuk again. But here his emphasis is not so much on justification, but it's upon living. How do I live? How do I live as a righteous person? Do I keep religious laws? And to the people that Paul was writing to, that's what he was addressing. It was their reversion back to uh, rights and religion as the means whereby they were righteous. And he said, no, that's not how you live. You live by faith. And so it's like because you're righteous through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can live not with some austere effort to keep the laws of God, but by the power of his righteousness working through you that you apply by faith. And in Hebrews, it just clarifies this in verses 36 to 38. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Wow, that sure applied to Habakkuk. It applies to us. We We never should give up, but we should persevere. Even when we don't understand things, when we've done the will of God, we will receive what he's promised, and we can give thanks to God for that. And then in the next verse, he says, for in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And that's a specific reference to the second coming of Jesus, the fact that the ultimate answer to all of the problems and the questions that we have is the return of Jesus, where everything will change at that point. And then he says, but my righteous one will live by faith, and I will take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. So my righteous one, the righteous one will live by faith. And whenever we're tempted to to drift back, God doesn't want that to happen to us. He wants our faith to be sure and grounded. So there's three things that are emphasized there. First, the just or the righteous shall live by faith. The first one is how we become righteous. In Galatians, it's the emphasis is on living. The just, the righteous, will live by faith. And in the third one, in Hebrews, the emphasis is on faith. So, justification, being right with God, how we live, and the promises of God's Spirit to enable us to live with joy and with all of the blessings of God in our lives, and faith, that which is absolutely convinced, anchored in the promises of God and in our own personal lives. It's not as if we just have never experienced the blessing of God. Christian after Christian after Christian my own life, I can attest to this. God has done wonderful things. Many promises that he made are fulfilled, have been fulfilled. And things that I've never even asked for have come to us. And so we give thanks to God for that. Now, this morning, you got questions about God? Does he care? How could he, how could he just stand by and let this terrible tragedy stand? or happen in Nova Scotia with so many people losing their lives? Okay, they just seem to be distant distant when it comes to this pandemic that is so taking over the world or is trying to? And, and these kinds of questions can be endless. Some people just have given up asking. But God is still there. God is creator. God is sustainer. And the only one who can, can really convince you of that is not me or anyone else like me, but God has sent his Holy Spirit to this world. And if you sensed this morning something just I don't know how to describe it, it's a tug, if you will. Some other people have said it's like within us there's this God space, this part of us that only God can fill. And maybe you're just becoming aware of that emptiness inside and and the Holy Spirit is saying, Will you let Jesus fill that? Will you let my grace and my love displace all of the worries and the fears and the anxieties and the sorrow and the grief? Yeah, we still live with those things, but they don't become that which controls us. We can have the love and the grace of the Lord Jesus that helps us to be more than conquerors, the Bible says, through him who loves us. And you can experience that today. So I'm going to pray that The grace of the Lord will be upon you, that you will know his love today, and that he will just minister to the sorrow, the grief, whatever is in your heart, that he'll forgive you of your sins, and you'll know that today is a day where something wonderful and new has begun. Lord God, I thank you today for your word. Thank you for the story of Habakkuk and how he journeyed through all of these things and some of these questions that were so overwhelming, and the problems were just so imminent. They were right there. And he was actually living in them, much in the way that the world is living in the the problems we're experiencing today. And yet through it all, he was able to discover and something that, though he still didn't understand it completely, he was able to make a decree, the just will live by faith. The rest of the world, I've observed, lives by its own standards. It's puffed up with its own pride, but that's not the way to live. There's another way to live, and that is to receive the righteousness that comes to us freely by God. Our sins forgiveness forgiven us. We don't have to try to earn our salvation. We experience a life that it transcends anything we could have known without you, and we journey on. We persevere by faith in the promises of God, that one day you will come for your people and this world will be changed forever. And we give you thanks and praise. Amen.
3: Let faith rise up, oh heart.